Good morning. You're just in time. Welcome to the St. Gabriel Cafe, your sacred space to sip on today's local blend of faithful encouragement. Let's start our day together. Good morning, friends. Come on in and join us. I am Amanda Miller. I'm Dave Orsborn. We're thrilled to have you with us this morning here in the St. Gabriel Cafe, our live and local morning show. Cam Clutter is our barista, a.k.a. producer. And today, after our Advent reflection, we have the opportunity to chat with our friends from the Office of Catholic Schools here in the Diocese of Columbus. That'll be Teresa Vivona, Adam DeFault, and Seth Burkholder. Dave, you want to start us in prayer today? I would love to. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, come, Holy Spirit. Oh, Father, we love you. We thank you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for this opportunity to be together here in the cafe and with all of our friends that are listening. Thank you for the folks from the Office of Catholic Schools. Uh, Lord, we pray for your blessing over uh, our schools, for the administrators, for all the staff members, the teachers, and especially for all the students and their families. Um, Send your spirit over them, protect them, and let them know your love uh, as a community that they grow together in love of you and pursue virtue. So, Father, we thank you for this day. Uh, Help us to have prayer that edifies you this morning in conversation that proclaims your glory. We offer this prayer in the name of your Son, who is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And as always, blessed Mother, bring us to your Son. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Top of the morning to you. Hi, Dave. (laughs) Did you have a good evening? I had a great evening. Tell me about it. You know, usually I don't do things in the evenings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, my men's group had a uh, holiday meal. Okay. It was late Thanksgiving, early Christmas, but we uh, had a Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, <laughs> turkey and ham and all the trimmings, four different pies. Four. Four. And what's your favorite? Ah, uh, man, there were there was this uh, uh, Reese's, oh, wow. which was mostly just like Reese's and whipped topping. I mean, it, it, that sounds awesome. <laughs> it was, personally, it was I'm so a, good. Personally, I just really prefer a, a good pumpkin pie. Yeah. A classic. Yep. We also had apple and cherry. Nice. And, yeah, it was good. But, you know, I'm so grateful uh, for this group of guys, uh, that they, uh, invited me into their group and there's, you know, roughly 10 of us or so that get together. Um, and last night was just pure joy and fellowship Mm. and it was so much fun. A lot of laughter. You know, we just talked about life things and experiences growing up and our families and, and, and Jesus too. And that's the, the common bond, you know, we're all, uh, pursuing the Lord through, you know, different life stages. There's guys of different ages, different vocations and, uh, through the ups and downs of life. But it's, it's just so good to share 
life with others. Yeah. And yeah, I'm just really grateful for them. I'm so glad you had that time together. I look forward to it every week. I um, also have my holy hour on Wednesdays. So the time with the Lord one-on-one and then time with the Lord in fellowship with others. Mm -hmm. It's just, that's the way I love to spend an evening. So, yeah, just so grateful. Just so grateful for that. And if you guys are listening, I love you. And thank you for, yeah, for being a part of my life. So, our Advent Reflection, Rejoice, Meditations with the Holy Family. Here we are on the second week of Advent. It's Thursday. Cam, can you start us off? I got to say, I can't believe it's Thursday of the second week of Advent, but here we go. You know, what su- you know what Sunday is? <gasps> okay, because our <laughs> friends can't see us, they should know that every time we say the word God that day, we all throw up our hands. Because it's rejoice. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, second week of Advent, Thursday. Thursday. Uh, we're not Gaudete yet, but that's coming, friends. <laughs> In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We continue to ask. During that first week of Advent, what was in Mary's heart? Perhaps there was more than we think. Because of our great reverence for Our Lady, we might make the mistake of overly spiritualizing her life or circumstances. We need to appreciate her humanity and how she lived her extraordinary holiness in a profoundly ordinary circumstance. Nazareth was a small village of less than 500 people. It was a simple place. It was poor and humble. There was little exciting about it. Perhaps this is why God chose Nazareth. As with any small town, though, where everyone knows everyone else, it is likely that a few things remained private and gossip was commonplace. The Gospels are silent about what Mary experienced after her miraculous conception of Jesus. Were there whispers among the townspeople since Mary had not yet begun living with Joseph as his wife? What did the other women say about Mary as they drew water from Nazareth's Nazareth's well? Did Mary ever overhear harsh words or judgments about her? We do not know. It would seem likely that she at least sensed disapproval and judgment. So perhaps Mary's advent included a battle with what she heard. Perhaps you struggle with whispers of judgment either from within or without Many of us hear such whispers when we compare ourselves or our circumstances to others. We may hear within us whispers about who we are or are not, or about what we have or do not have. We may hear within us whispers about how we look or do not look, about our shortcomings and sins. We might even hear whispers judging us wrongly for sins we did not commit or for failures that are not ours. When we hear negative negativity, whether from a voice within us or from others, it is easy to get stuck on what we have heard. Here, Mary can teach us. Her heart remained always sensitized to the voice of truth. She was able to hear the voice of God amidst any other voices that attempted to disrupt that first advent. When we struggle with the voice of discouragement, let us turn to God, as Mary did, asking that his voice of truth speak 
to our hearts. From Psalm 116, I love the Lord because he's heard my voice. I will call on him as long as I live. Our scripture is from Psalm 116. Amanda? I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my supplications, because he inclines his ear to me. Therefore, I will call on him as long as I live. The snares of death encompass me. The pangs of Sheol lay hold of me. I suffered distress and anguish. Then I called on the the name of the Lord. O Lord, I beg you, save my life. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. When I was brought low, he saved me. Return, O my soul, to your rest, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. For you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. I walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I kept my faith even when I said, I am greatly afflicted. Amen. 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 I will admit when I first read this reflection, uh, when it came to Nazareth was a small village of less than 500 people. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. (laughs) You know, all the support you get in a small community, you know, whether it's in your, uh, in a home, a neighborhood, a parish, fellowship groups. What, what a great thing to have a small community. And then Father Toops took it down a different path. <laughs> a little <laughs> so, different. A little different. But it, I mean, it, it, show me a community that, that doesn't have, you know, this sort of whispering again, whether it's a family, a neighborhood, a parish, you know, right. um, it's so easy to engage in gossip and um, it takes a lot of courage sometimes to, to be that person. And Carol does this incredibly well. Um, to say, no, you know, I'm, I'm not going to participate mm-hmm. in this and, and just to s- stop it mm-hmm. right there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've heard, I've heard the way that some people deal with it will either just be completely silent in the conversation as a witness of, I'm not going to partake in this. And if it persists to just either say so or to walk mm-hmm. away. And that I think that speaks volumes, especially, you know, if, if we ourselves can start to get a little uncharitable and can't address it in a way that maybe would be charitable. Mm-hmm. I think walking away is a very appropriate reaction to something like that. Mm. But Dave, I also had this kind of realization when I was reading this about this being a small town and Mary receiving... Yeah, so maybe harsh words, disapproval, judgments. I hadn't really contemplated that much before. And I think I have fallen into the mistake of maybe over-spiritualizing Mary's life Mm. and her experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is very possible that she did receive these, these harsh words, these judgments. And I like how Father Toops kind of takes it and brings it to our reflection on, you know, sometimes we hear that also from without, but maybe even from within the enemy gets into our head and 
how often do we immediately turn that voice of lies into the voice of truth? I think that takes a lot of practice, something I'm still working on. I think especially with that comparative language too, right? That we see other people and um, put judgment upon them and their situation as it were. And you, and you might see other people and the things that they have or the way that they look and you're like, oh, this person is better than me than this and this and this and this and this way. You know, I, I know especially for um, for guys, it's it's easy to like, that competitive spirit inside us. I, I know growing up for me, it's like when a guy's more athletic than you, there's something about it like right. that just grinds against you. <laughs> um, and you're like, ah, oh, man, I gotta, I gotta work out more or something. And sure that can like drive you to a good place, but what's the heart behind it? And the heart behind right. it is that like, um, that voice of lies that says I am defined by the things I can accomplish with my muscle. Mm as opposed to defined by who the Lord, uh, what, who, who the Lord knows me by or who the Lord calls me, who he wants me to be too. Yeah. Remember the childhood rhyme, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Yeah. What baloney. Yeah. Yeah. So true. <laughs> I mean, I, I've been hurt and I've hurt others with words a lot more than I've been hurt by sticks and stones. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's just baloney. Another part that struck me was her response of extraordinary holiness. And what I wrote in my book here was she received hum- humiliations um, very humbly. She, I, I'm assuming when, you know, ever whenever she heard those harsh words, those judgments, she just received it and uh, spoke to the Lord internally and asked him, okay, well, what's the truth? I, I, I know your voice. Uh, and I was I was struck by that because her extreme holiness. I mean, that's that's something we can do too, right? Receive humiliations humbly. Mm-hmm. That's that's something that we can all practice. And partly something I circled in the psalm today was, I keep my faith even when I said I am greatly afflicted. That's just you know that's. That's part of our Christian joy, right? In our afflictions, we can keep our faith and keep our joy because we're listening, Cam, like you said, to the the voice of the Father. Well, and even three verses earlier, verse seven says, return, O my soul, to your rest, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. And I think when I was praying with the scripture, what the Lord especially was speaking to me as I was envisioning Mary and her life was her just recognizing that like, what do these afflictions matter if the Lord has already dealt bountifully with me? Mm. If he's already poured out such grace upon me, like the, the the afflictions almost seem like, especially like the gossip and stuff only, only gets so deep into her skin as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and frankly, probably not even at all. If, if she's so rooted in the, in that scripture, because she would have prayed with these Psalms, right? So she would have read that verse and I'm sure there was a moment for Mary where she probably read it and thought like, maybe I don't feel this with my feelings, but I know this in my heart and in my identity that Lord, you have dealt bountifully with me. You have poured out so generously your graces upon me that why do I, you know, why, why would I let these afflictions go any deeper than just feeling like, sorry, you're sad for the other people that they, that they would, 
judge me in that way. Yeah. To turn that hurt into sorrow for them because Mm -hmm. they must be hurt people, hurt people, right? That saying. Right. Yeah. I like that you use the word rootedness, Cam, uh, because that's what I was thinking as you were speaking. And then you said it and it was like, yeah, actually the the remedy there is our rootedness in, in Christ. And think of those situations too, when, um, when you've received insult or been the victim of, of, of gossip to, to, the Lord, to look to the Lord for that rest. But then also if you're a person that's near somebody that's been on the receiving end, um, to reach out, you know, I mean, words build up or they tear down to be that person that builds them up. Mm. And, uh, especially, um, if it's a raw wound, cause we have that, that, uh, grace then to redirect those feelings and, and to remind them, uh, of where their, their, uh, worth, their value, their dignity lies. And, um, where words may have, torn them down, provide those words that build them up again. Mm -hmm. Amen. Father, I humbly ask to hear your voice when I hear the whispers of temptation, doubt, or fear. Our friends from the Office of Catholic Schools for the Diocese of Columbus, Teresa Vavona, Adam DeFault, and Seth Burkholder, will join us in a few minutes. Stay with us here in the St. Gabriel Cafe. A prayer for Ohio. Ever-living God, you give life and desire a future for all of your children. Take hold of our nation, state, and community and awaken in every heart awe for the gift of life. Send your spirit to strengthen us with wisdom and fortitude as we defend mothers and children in Ohio from laws that disregard their health and safety. Mary and Joseph trusted in you and welcomed Jesus into our broken world. Father, we ask their intercession to protect the preborn and their mothers and to guide all parents in raising their children. May they help us build a civilization of love by upholding the sacredness of life preserving parental rights, and walking with pregnant women in need. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Lady, Mother of the Family, pray for us. St. Joseph, Protector of the Unborn, pray for us. Do you have a minute for lasting happiness? Living virtuously is the way to freedom, happiness, and holiness. To grow in virtue, we must learn about it, practice it, and persevere in it. This is what the saints have achieved with excellence. An excellent example of the virtue of moderation is seen in Blessed John Henry Newman. He lived moderation heroically by maintaining a balance in his life amidst great demands for his talent. Newman was an Anglican priest whose gift for study led him to realize that the Catholic Church held the fullness of the faith. He converted and became a priest. He balanced prayer, friendships, and study with moderation despite requests for his time. Let us ask John Henry Newman to pray for us that we may grow in moderation. 
educate yourself in virtue. Learn more at educationinvirtue.com. I'm Lori Kroc, and this is a Holy and Healthy Minute. When my children were young and they asked a question about someone's behavior that didn't make sense to them, I would say, that's how God made them, to encourage them to look to others with loving and open hearts. Young children don't always understand how different we all are, and in fact, the same can be said for adults. Seeing each person as a beloved child of God can sometimes be a challenge, but to do this is both holy and healthy. From 1 Peter chapter 4, Above all, let your love for one another be intense, because love covers over a multitude of sins. This scripture passage reminds me that loving my neighbor not only helps others, but it also helps me, a sinner, to grow in God's grace. Let us pray. Dearest Jesus, help us to meet people where they are with patience and love, and to see them as your beloved children, despite our differences. Amen. Welcome back, friends, to the St. Gabriel Cafe. I'm Amanda Miller. I'm Dave Orsborn, and we're thrilled to have our friends from the Catholic Schools, the Office of Catholic Schools for the Diocese of Columbus with us, Teresa Vavona, Seth Burkholder, and Adam Default. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for being with us. Well, it's a pleasure. It's great to be here. Yeah, you were with us last, right around the beginning of school. Yeah, I think it was... Back in August, way back in August. Way back. Yeah, back. Seems like yesterday, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. It goes by very quickly. <laughs> so um, introduce yourselves uh, to to our friends who may not know you. Adam, go sure. first. I'm Adam DeFault. I'm the superintendent of Catholic schools for the Diocese of Columbus. Mm-hmm. And my name is Seth Burkholder. I'm the assistant superintendent for operations here in the diocese. And a lot of times I like to say that's just a fancy way of saying I oversee all the finances of our schools. Well, good for you. And I'm Teresa Vavona. I'm the Associate Director for Advancement for our Office of Catholic Schools. And we're blessed to have you guys. Thanks for serving uh, all of our families the way that you do. Um, How was the semester? It's been great. I think uh, school year has been, uh, again, moving along very quickly, but but it's been a great year so far. A lot of good things happening in our schools, a lot of of excitement. Um, Last time we were here, back in August, we were talking about the um, evangelization day that That's we had right. to start the year, where we pulled all 1,400 teachers in our diocese together at St. Charles for a day of prayer, a day of uh, encouragement, and um, that just set a great tone for the year. That's what I was going to ask, and, and I think soon after soon after that, did you have the principals? We did. Yep, uh, our event. principal meetings. That uh, really sets the tone for the uh, for the year, right? It so does. it did carry over. It, it did have the positive on the right foot. Yeah. That's fantastic. What were some of the fruits, you think? Well, I think it's a, a renewal, a reminder of our vocation in Catholic education. Mm-hmm. We're called to serve. I mean, we're all ministers of the church serving in Catholic education. It's not, it's a calling. It's a mission. It's not just um, a, a regular school. It's something deeper and more where we bring our kids to know and love Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it can be, it can be a challenge some days, you know, when it gets cold and, Days get short and the work piles up. It can be uh, those kinds of events, those kind of moments can be the reminders that we need to keep going and to remember our calling and remember that we're not alone in mm-hmm. this great mission. Well, and, and to, to have that shared mission as, as a community. So, you know, we, we've been praying a lot through what what community is and 
how we can build ourselves up this Advent season. And when you guys come together as a community and you see one person or, you know, whether it's a staff member or a family or, or one of the students, um, is not having a great day, then step in. And I, and I think you fostered that right from the get go, uh, back in August that, you know, we're in this together. We have a shared mission. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. I, I gotta say, I love how we do our principal retreat like a month into the school year. Mm-hmm. It's almost like we're off and running and we can get so caught up as Adam pointed to. Yeah. And now we're saying literally step back, mm-hmm. focus on what we're here for and now continue through the rest of the semester. Yeah. T- tell us about the principal retreat. Cause I think we were just kind of setting that up last yeah. time you were here. Yeah. Um, that's right. I do remember that. We, uh, it was at the end of September. We've started principal retreats three years ago as mm-hmm. a time to bring all of our administrators in the diocese, which is about 100 people, together to spend time with one another informally in prayer. And we always, um, for the last three years anyway, our tradition has been to gather at Cherry Valley over near Newark and be there for a day and a half, um, evening on on Thursday. And... Um, uh, and all day on Friday. We always include adoration. We end in mass. Wow. And this nice. year was unique because rather than having one retreat speaker, we took more of a, a different approach and we had the administrators themselves be our retreat speakers. And so we we framed it around the Emmaus Road story, the journey, the encounter with with our Lord, and had the principals talk about different stages of that journey and in their lives in Catholic education. So it was powerful. It was beautiful. We had some great, uh, great conversations about that. And some, there were a lot of laughs, a lot of tears, a lot of laughs, a lot of tears, right? Right. A lot of community time. Yep. Yep. It was great. We all Mm -hmm. had, you know, different tables and we had our group that we were, um, sitting with for the Mm -hmm. entirety of the retreat. So, we really got to know, I know for me, as as someone who works in the Office of Catholic Schools, got to know the administrators at my table in a different way than I would have otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, so the sharing, it was it was a beautiful day and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the, all the emotions were on the table for sure through some of these conversations. And as you pointed out, the principals got to know each other better, but we also got to know the principals better as well. And so just forming again, as we talked about that community and working together on this mission that we're all involved in. In fact, the subheading of our retreat name was communion and community, just highlighting what we wanted to get from those that time together and those yeah. two days together. Now, have any of you served in secular education? Because I'm just thinking about how, how great it is to to have a shared mission centered on Christ, right? As... I, I don't know it any other way. I've actually never had a job that wasn't working for the church. What a blessing. It's and been amazing. And you Love also it. went to Catholic schools too, didn't yeah. you? So you yeah. just lived. So I've never drink, not been in You're the drinking church. from that well, huh? Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God for it. <laughs> but yeah, now we know why Adam has turned out so well. <laughs> well thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we, we talk about that also. It just um, our, our team, our family here at St. Gabriel and how having Jesus as, as your focus changes everything. Right. And especially when you go through all this, you know, workplace stresses and, you know, hitting the numbers and, you know, all the, all those business things where you can take a step back 
uh, Father uh, John Ricardo refers to it as uh, going to the trailer. You know, he uh, um, had uh, a work project at his last parish, uh, a construction project, and noticed the foreman going in and out of the trailer frequently through the day and he's like are they just grabbing coffee that much or you know (laughs) an extra donut or whatever but what they were doing was returning to the trailer to check the the blueprints to make sure that what they were doing on site was on on point on on what their task was so he's taken that to his ministry now and he proposes that any catholic ministry um, or apostolate do the same thing so to Go to the trailer frequently to make sure that you're that you're following the blueprint, and uh, and that comes from prayer and 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 going to the Lord to say, are we heading in the right way? Right. I think that's such an important concept. And just a few moments ago, we were also talking about the reminder that um, you know part of what we're called to can be missionary, right? To to take this idea of, oh, I'm just here to do my job versus actually I'm, I'm here to do, to be the light of Christ. And it sounds like you've been able to really kind of cultivate that, especially in these retreats that you've had, bringing together to the community, taking a moment away from the work and stepping back. And why am I really here? What am I doing? What is my vocation as an educator? Mm-hmm. That must be very formative for them to, to go back into their workplace refreshed in that way. We hope so. That's that's our, our hope with um, doing these retreats and tending to the spirits of our administrators as well. Mm-hmm. And then bringing it right into the classroom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So our kids have benefit. That's right. So what's on tap for, well, let, let's talk about the Emmaus Road Scholarship. You had Absolutely. mentioned Emmaus Road yes. as a part of the retreat, mm-hmm. and that's also the name of the scholarship fund. So what is the Emmaus Road Scholarship Fund? So the Fund? Emmaus Road Scholarship Fund is a scholarship granting organization, which is an, an Ohio, SGO. An SGO. That's right. <laughs> How about that's that? That's what it means. <laughs> excellent, uh, excellent deduction. <laughs> See how I broke that down? Yeah. Yep, that's why I'm sitting here. Adam. That's right. That's right. <laughs> So the SGO is something that was created in Ohio law about three years ago, Mm -hmm. and it was literally just a few sentences tucked into the thousands of pages that is the Ohio State budget. And um, it's it's been, thank God for those three or four lines that were in there because it has been a game changer for tuition assistance in our diocese. So the SGO, in a nutshell, um, allows a dollar-for-dollar tax credit for contributions to uh, to uh, organizations set up to receive them for tuition assistance. Every dollar that we get goes into supporting tuition and student need at our Catholic schools in the diocese. So we started ours about three years ago, and right when actually we were the first uh, SGO approved in the state of Ohio, and we, um, we've been running it the last three years, and we saw tremendous participation last year and we're hoping to see that again this year which we can yeah. certainly so, talk about. So year, year over year it's more people are participating tremendously it's grown significantly that first year we we only had it open for about 4 weeks or so and i think we raised maybe $60,000 last year we raised nearly 2 million dollars 
all right of which on. went to student scholarship support at our schools. And we're hoping, uh, hoping for even better this year. It's, uh, it has a tr- the potential to make a significant and tremendous impact on the lives of our kids. And mm-hmm. many of our schools have done a great job sharing some of that impact. And one of our schools has been using a, a quote that, that I'd like to share real quickly that uh, just talks about what it can do for a family. So it, it goes, thank you to all those that supported the Emmaus Road Scholarship. Our family specifically was so blessed by this opportunity. The entire school community has made us feel a sense of home and permanency, and the aid we've received has helped us to feel financial security as we prepare to send our family to high school and off to college. Lovely. Eerie, as you know, a family sending you know kids through school to remove that anxiety and and, and that stress brings so much peace (laughs) into the family and then into the classroom and finances are not a barrier right to a family receiving an outstanding catholic education oh that's so good adam default seth burkholder and Teresa vavona here in the cafe with us this morning okay finance guy yeah you know i mean you hit on the like the stress of the of the the student in the Mm -hmm. school but it's the stress of the parents too i mean yeah we know there's a lot of parishioners out there sitting in our pews every Sunday at mass who would love to send their kids to a Catholic school, but they can't afford it. Mm -hmm. And this is just a game changer in our diocese to open it up to them that, you know what, now as a parent, I'm stressing less about my finances because I have this great program that I can, you know, as we're going to talk about here, using taxpayer dollars, Mm -hmm. our own money that we've given to the state that we now get back. So what's the difference um, between a deduction and a credit? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, most of us are more familiar with the deduction. Uh, and, and the one that we're probably most of us listening to us are used to is when we, uh, you know, give in the offertory every Sunday. And at the end of the year, a parish will give us a, a statement of how much we gave for the year. Mm-hmm. And then we go to file our tax returns and uh, we claim that as a deduction. Okay. And it decreases how much we owe the state, but very minimally. Mm-hmm. I mean, 20, it's not a dollar for dollar. No, we're talking 20, 30 bucks. It's just a percentage of what you're actually doing. Mm-hmm. Whereas a tax credit is dollar for dollar, as you just pointed out. Sweet. So if I, if I'm like, for example, my wife and I last year donated $1,500 to this. Yeah. $1,500 right back. Right back. Inconceivable. Mm-hmm. That's, <laughs> that, that, that actually is mind blowing that, uh-huh. uh, that we're allowed to do that. Absolutely. That yeah. praise God. Yeah. Praise God. Yeah. And I would imagine the that coupled with Ed Choice, what a game changer um, for for families. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, Ed Choice. Um, you know, we had heard rumblings, obviously, through the state, uh, I mean, through the budget cycle, that you know things were going to be changing, and and there was the possibility of universal Ed Choice. Um, where every Ohio family, regardless of, you know, household size or income, could benefit from these state scholarship dollars. So when it passed, it was like, wow, now with the combination of universal ed choice and the SGO dollars, we can all but eliminate financial need in our diocese for our Catholic schools. It's it's a no-brainer, quite honestly. And when you stop and think about, these are our tax dollars. It's what the state of Ohio says we owe to them and they're allowing us, you know, to redirect these for Catholic education. 
it's somewhat mind-blowing, quite honestly. I think sometimes we still pinch ourselves and say, is this reality? <laughs> well, the Lord is really blessing right here, right now, yes. uh, Catholic education. Yes, exactly. And allows our parents to be the primary educators of their children as our catechism teaches. Mm-hmm. And finances don't have to be an obstacle to that. So we're allowing our parents to make the decision on the education of their children. They're not locked into anything because of finances. Our schools are all open. You know, um, I just want to bring up too, you know, we we keep talking about like, this is crazy. (laughs) And it almost sounds like it's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, But in reality, I always tell people, don't be scared of the novelty of this in Ohio because it existed in 20 other states prior to coming to Ohio. Mm -hmm. Um, There are many dioceses around the country who've been doing this for many, many, many years. And they'll raise 10 to $15 million every year through their SGO fund. Mm -hmm. So when we say we've raised $2 million last year, we've scratched the surface of the potential of this. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, what's the impact then for parishes? Because, I mean, parish budgets are tight. So what, what kind of an impact does this have on on a parish? Sure. So um, it, it, depending on the listener right now and understanding how finances work within a parish and a school, uh, a parish will subsidize the school. Mm-hmm. They help to make the education more affordable for their parishioners, the kids that go to Mass there. Um, now, with these two programs, that frees up that subsidy to stay in the parish. So while we're talking about this from a school perspective of making Catholic education more affordable, this is also freeing up money to the parish to do what we're called to do. Other ministry activities. To evangelize, mm-hmm. to be on yeah. mission. You know, it's, this, is, this is what it's all about. This is, when we say game changer, it's not just the schools. It's our entire diocese. Mm-hmm. So as a, a parishioner that doesn't have children in the schools, I mean, th- this is still... I mean, it's a win, 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 win everywhere. So you make uh, the uh, the donation, the contribution. You're supporting the school. You're freeing up money in the parish. You get a personal benefit. All right, do it. Wins okay. all around. How do we do it? How do we participate in Emmaus Road? It's actually quite easy. Um, we have a website. So there's not a catch there either. There's it's not no incredibly catch. No, 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 stupid, no. difficult to no. do. Okay. No, we've we've tried to tried to make it as easy as possible for any donor. And let's be honest, any donor to our scholarship granting organization is a taxpayer in the state of Ohio. Um, but we have a website dedicated to the Emmaus Road Scholarship Fund. It's EmmausRoadScholarship.org. Um, If you go onto that website, there's a wealth of information about just scholarship granting organizations in general, about our SGO. Um, There's a video that walks you through the tax uh, implications and how it flows through on your Ohio um, IT 1040. But the most important page, of course, is the giving page. Um, And so donors can go on there and make an online donation with a credit card or debit card. they can also send a check if that's their preference, and there's a form to be downloaded. Um, they just write the check, send that form. The beauty of it is that um, they can restrict their donation for any one or more of the schools in our diocese. Um, so if they have children who go to a particular school or who graduated from a particular school, mm-hmm. they can restrict their um, their dollars for scholarships at those schools. We also have the unrestricted fund, and 
basically that is, um, you know, helps students in the greatest need in our diocese. Um, so, but they, if they want to write a check, they send it to our offices downtown at 197 East Gay Street in Columbus. Um, and then we process everything and, and uh, send them their official tax receipt so that they have it come tax time. And that's it. Um, okay. So, okay. I'm a grandparent in Akron. Yes. My grandkids go to school in Gahanna. Yes. I can help. Even if I'm in Akron, I can help yes. the schools. And yes. Um, anyone can give to our SGO. As long as you're in the state of Ohio? Anywhere in the country. No you way. You will only get the tax credit mm-hmm. if you're an Ohio Got taxpayer. Okay. Exactly. Okay. So, but Seth has, um, his family is from, from what, Northwest um, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And they, of course, supported our, our SGO here in the Diocese of Columbus. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, it, it's you don't have to live in the Diocese of Columbus to give to our SGO. I'm not finding anything negative here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I'll, I'll follow up on that. Of, of You can live anywhere in Ohio. As we all know, we all come from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. She just mentioned I came from the, the Diocese of Toledo, and you're talking about Akron. Mm-hmm. But there's Cincinnati and Cleveland, and we all come from somewhere. We all have parents and friends and family who live all over the state. And, uh, you know, I mean, we're all getting together for uh, Christmas here in a couple weeks. Uh, and we're going to be around those family and friends. And so what a great opportunity to share this good news with them. Perhaps about what leave this a can do. QR or a code at, at each uh, <laughs> place setting. Right. Absolutely. I wanna, <laughs> you know, I want to jump back on something that, that Teresa made mention of. Yeah. Um, but um, it can't be undersold. Go to our website, EmmausRoadScholarship.org. And specifically, we're throwing out all these numbers. We're talking about tax credits. But as you know, numbers are visual. Mm-hmm. I can't I can't just talk about a number. I need to see a number. So on our website, in the About section, we have a 10-minute video on there where Teresa and I, um, with a very high budget on Zoom, put together a video <laughs> where we literally walk you through a tax return. Mm-hmm. So if you're still someone out there listening to this and you're like, this is unbelievable, as you've mentioned numerous times, get out your tax return that you filed last year, sit down in front of your computer, Watch this 10-minute video, follow along with your Ohio tax return, and see if this makes sense for you. Okay, and I think it's a, a good time also to tell our friends that are tax advisors, CFPs, um, that work with uh, families to bring this up. Please, when you're... please, because we keep hearing from numerous tax accountants out there that they're still understanding this. Adam pointed out at the very beginning, this has only been around for three years now in, in the state of Ohio. It's mm-hmm. a new thing. And I bring this up personally because, you know, prior to working for the diocese, I worked in tax accounting. Okay. I stared at tax returns all day for about six years. I'm a CPA. I'm sorry. I know. That's, <laughs> that's why That's why I left and I do what I do now. Um, you know, so there's the, earlier that talking of f- fulfillment and being on mission and all yeah. that, that you definitely get now. Um, even though in some ways I work harder now than I did then. Um, but yeah. It's important to do it before December 31st. Yes. So um, that's correct. I mean, December 31st deadline, you get it for the 2023 um, tax year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and again, I don't, I know we said 750 or 1500 once or twice, um, but I'll just repeat that. The mm-hmm. maximum credit for an individual is $750. Um, and for a couple married filing jointly, it's $1,500. 
Um, but we also recognize this is a crazy time of year and budgets may be stretched tight. Um, and so we like to say, you know, anything is better than nothing, mm-hmm. especially when we remember the purpose of this. Yeah. And it is, you know, to bring students into our Catholic schools and, and help take away that financial need so that they have access to a, mm-hmm. an authentically Catholic education. Good. So this is going to be in a lot of the, the parish bulletins. So friends, uh, take a look at your bulletins. Go online to where to get more information. Um, so EmmausRoadScholarship.org. And Emmaus is E-M-M-A-U-S. And then RoadScholarship.org. Even the website's easy. Yeah. <laughs> Teresa Vavona, Adam Dufault, and Seth Burkholder from the Office of Catholic Schools for the Diocese of Columbus are here with us in the cafe. Okay, that gets us through the end of the year. What's happening next semester? Well, um, what's happening next semester is another semester of great Catholic education across mm-hmm. our schools. We um, Even Christmas break goes fast. Um, and then we're right back into things for the year. Um, it goes it goes fast for administrators as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> there's always so much to do. There's so much yeah. time and preparation that goes into uh, a school day, mm-hmm. and so we um, they, we take our breaks well, and and then we get right back into it. There are nearly eighteen thousand kids in our fifty Catholic schools across the diocese, and um, enrollment has been growing steadily over the last four or five years, and we're. We're excited to see all these new faces and new families that are in our schools, and um, and our job is to make sure that it's the best authentic and uh, unapologetically Catholic education we can provide for our kids. It's a life-changing. Had enrollment been declining in, in a lot of the schools? I, I know, the, I know. I suspect there was a spike around the COVID time, right, where some more families, I mean, not obviously during the shutdown, but I, I think the Catholic schools attracted some students at that point. Has has that reversed a trend or has it changed no, the tra- trajectory? We've actually are kind of contrary to the rest. Uh, our diocese has been growing consistently for mm-hmm. the last five years. I mean, and our enrollment's the highest. Outstanding. Is, our enrollment's the highest it's been in 15 years. Okay. So we're, we're actually continuing to rise. We have many schools that actually could take more kids, but they're at full capacity with wait lists. That's outstanding. I mean, it's a challenge, right? But um, it's a great challenge to have. Yeah, and I think that it's worth noting that because we have so many schools that are, you know, at capacity or, or on wait list, that they we have a number of schools, I think, at last count, and we were looking at about a dozen who were looking at expansion um, projects to be able to, you know, accommodate and serve more children. Um, so that's very exciting. And we're looking at, you know, the possibility of even building new schools. Um, so it's, it's, you know, we're, we're, we're studying those things um, and, and, you know, seeing where the need is and where we can serve them and, and obviously um, make sure that it is available for mm-hmm. everyone who desires it for their children. Yeah, you keep making those visits to the trailer, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and, and see exactly. what the, see the what the Lord wants you to do. Teresa, you had mentioned you know the purpose, and then Adam, you had mentioned you know the hope for the schools to be unapologetically Catholic, and so I mean it seems to get to a greater understanding of evangelization in our schools. Could you just expand upon those sentiments? Sure. 
um, that's what our schools are for. I mean, the church operates schools as the teaching ministry of the church. goes back all the way to the words of Jesus. Go and teach what I've taught you. Go and teach the world. And that's what we do in our schools. They are there for teaching the love of God to our students and forming them in their faith. We, um, we actually just had a administrator meeting day where we had um, a focused discussion about teaching from a Catholic worldview, making sure that we're not, uh, making sure that we are infusing our Catholic faith through all aspects of our school curriculum, Catholic math, Catholic science, Catholic approach to art, Catholic approach to um, even athletics. It's the idea that when we embrace our faith and we embrace the message of our faith, it changes everything. Mm. And I think that's especially poignant at, at this time of year when we celebrate the incarnation, when our Lord entered into the world and did change everything. Yeah. And that's the standpoint we come from each day. When we remember what the Lord has done for us, it changes the, the focus. So you can teach math from a Catholic perspective with uh, an eye toward the the wonder of God and the, the that this we can understand his design and his creation, even though we may not always understand all of it. We, uh, isn't it wonderful that we have this intelligible world that we can come to know and experience and see the beauty of? And, um, and that's what we want to do in our schools. That's what we're called to do. How edifying and encouraging that is, I would imagine, for the, for the teachers um, who've made an intentional decision to teach in a Catholic school and the freedom now that comes with, um, uh, I, I mean, it wasn't lacking before, I don't mean to imply that, but to have a well-articulated mission, mm-hmm. you know, that gets down to the classroom level, to the student level, and, and then all pull together uh, to to form disciples. Yeah. We're blessed. We are very, very blessed. We've had, we have excellent schools in our diocese and truly amazing teachers and staff members at every one of our schools that make the decision to work and live their faith. And, um, and we're, we're so fortunate. Our kids benefit every one of them. Amanda's been going into some of, uh, uh, the fourth and fifth grade classes, uh, recording divine mercy chaplets, uh, share the story of, of what you do with, yeah. with the, so I get the opportunity to go into the classrooms with some of the students and pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet together, and I'll you know I'll take a Divine Mercy image with me and ask them, okay, someone raise your hand, tell me what you see, and there's all kinds of answers, you know, oh Jesus has a halo, or I see red and white rays coming forth from his heart, or his hands are raised, and we'll talk about all those different elements and what they mean and where the image came from. I just had a really beautiful experience recently where the first kid who raised his hand said, I see my Lord and Savior. And I was like, yeah. And then the <laughs> next person raised his hand and he said, I see hope. And the next one, I see love. And I was just, it was so edifying because obviously these kids are being formed in a way to, to see our Lord and to fall in love, to see hope, to see their Savior. That's beautiful. It was, yeah, it was Isn't that it? awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, love it. I, yeah, I mean, is I that not away. a testament not only to those kids mm-hmm. and the wonderful parents that they have and how they're raising them at home, but how then we can combine that with the education that we do within our schools. And when we partner those, the household and our schools together, that's the type of results you see. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah, I had to wipe away some tears. I was like, yes, yes, this is what's in this image. And then they ask you what you did for work. Oh, yeah, that was fun. Um, so I was explaining to them what I do. And one kid, he's like, so you get paid to talk? I said, yeah, I, said, I suppose I do. And then another kid quickly said, oh, I like to talk. I could get paid to talk. I can talk. <laughs> Like, please come by the station and we'll show you all around. Maybe this is one of your callings. Yeah. We were able to have some of the students from one of the schools come in for a listening party mm-hmm. on, uh, on the day with their parents. So they came into the station and, and we all listened to them pray uh, together. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. Uh, thank you guys. I mean, to have these opportun- opportunities for us uh, to, to share our love. Uh, for for this ministry and uh, of the love of of Christ and, and just to to have the classrooms opened up for us to do this is uh, is pretty cool. Yeah. We're happy to have you there. Thanks for yeah. doing. Well, we're going to do more, do Great. more in uh, next year. Great. So, looking forward then to to next year, uh, more retreats planned. Or, you know, how, how do you carry this through and then into the summer? Um. Well, um, we will have uh, upcoming administrator meetings in February. We'll have uh, around Lent, we'll have a day of recollection for administrators. Just Great. To help keep the momentum. Exactly. Keep yeah. the momentum, keep their spirits fed. Um, and we'll continue, you know, we, we continue our, our deep dive into uh, Catholic worldview and and um, and that flows through the work we do, from revising our courses of study to um, our religion curriculum that we have been uh, revising and implementing through theology of the body, and even into our hiring. We'll be spending a lot of time in the spring, uh, continuing to grow our excellent core of teachers and staff members. We're looking for those faithful Catholics who are on fire, who want to live their faith in our schools every day. And uh, there's always the hiring season in the spring, and we'll be looking for good people to uh, to join us in this work and in this mission. And then as quickly as it starts and as quickly as it goes, it becomes June, and then we're shifting into summer and looking at the year ahead. Mm-hmm. How would you like to involve more families um, to participate uh well, there's so many ways. Our parents are our partners. Um, we don't. Parents are, are are an essential piece of Catholic education, so our doors are open. First, with enrollment. I mean, as mm-hmm. we said, we we're seeing some capacity issues at several schools, but um, which is which is a good problem to have, I think. Mm-hmm. But we want our kids in Catholic schools, so we want to be open to as many kids uh, uh, who are as are interested. So we encourage parents to check us out visit their Catholic schools, know that it's for everybody, know that it's not an issue of finance, thanks to EdChoice and thanks to the SGO. But also we encourage parents to get involved in their schools. We need the volunteers. We need we need the recess help. We need the coaches. We need the the people who who partner with our teachers and keep them encouraged and motivated in the work that they do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I was just going to say, you know, January is a big month for our Catholic schools with Catholic Schools Week um, kicking off at the tail end um, and and heading into that first week of February. And so 
um, for families who maybe have not uh, considered Catholic education previously and are liking what they hear. Um, there are a number of open houses coming up in January and February, and and um, we have some great things planned with Catholic Schools Week among all of our schools. So mm-hmm. um, it's a great opportunity to kind of get a sense of, of how the schools operate um, and, and function on a day-to-day basis and the beautiful things they do with our kids. Community is so important. And for young families, um, what a perfect way to, to build uh, a shared, uh, live, a, live a shared uh, uh, mission with other school families and with our, our children. This is the first Catholic community that a lot of folks are exposed to, uh, both as children as, as well as parents. And what I mean, what a beautiful opportunity to to walk with others and and to grow, and uh, create disciples and evangelists. So, yeah, I mean, I think Teresa can definitely speak to the impact of you know her parish community and school and support, um, you know, that she's experienced. Uh, I'm putting her on the spot. Yeah, on nice job. <laughs> yeah, um, usually I do that. But I mean, I mean, step up. Um, absolutely, I can. And and actually, I'll take it way back to before our family even moved to Columbus. Um, we lived in Virginia, um, and uh, we were a young family, young children, and and um, our Catholic community, our Catholic school community, and our parish community. Um, it was our family. We didn't have any family nearby, and so when you stop and think about the impact um, that it had on on our family in particular, but. Some of my dearest friends, I you know, they're my sisters in Christ, quite honestly, yeah. because we were raising our children and our husbands were, you know, providing for the families. And then we moved here and um, our focus was on finding a Catholic community very similar to what we had in Virginia. And we were blessed to find one. And our kids have been we've been here 10 years now. Our, we've had one graduate from um, from elementary school. We still have two more in, in that same elementary school. And um looking ahead to Catholic high school next year. So um, it's it, it truly has been impactful. I mean, when I stop and think about my community, our parish and our school is absolutely at the forefront. And, and that's not underscore the importance of what she just said. She's yeah. talking about how her parish community impacted her. And now look what she does. Yeah. Now she's impacting 50 other schools. Love it. Love it. Teresa Vavona, Seth Burkholder, Adam Default. Thank you. I, it, your, your passion and, and, and your zeal is absolutely amazing. And we're also grateful uh, for the sacrifices that you've made and, and, and for doing what you do for all of our families and yeah, for Christ and his church. So amen. 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 Thank you. Amen. <laughs> Glory be to the father and to the son and to the Holy spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, a world without end. Amen. Amen. Tomorrow is Friday. That means we have Father Olvera with us here in the St. Gabriel Cafe. We'll see you tomorrow at 8. God bless you all.